In today's show, we look ahead to Saturday in the NBA, what we're watching for, players to stream in, injury updates, Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at basketballmonster.com. And you can find me on Twitter as always at redrock underscore b-ball, on TikTok at redrock underscore b-ball, and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional therapy done securely online, available to people worldwide. And I have a special offer for my listeners. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash locked on. Thank you also for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and we are available on all platforms. So... We're looking ahead to Saturday in the NBA. Um, there's eight games on. Pretty pretty solid. Was it eight? No, seven. Seven games on. My bad there. Is it seven? Yeah, it is seven. Seven games on. We're going to look at perfect streaming sort of day that we can pay attention to and really get that edge as we head into, for a lot of people, um, fantasy playoffs. This might be your last hurrah and you might need that win. I know in one of my leagues, I'm like, I think there's like five teams within one category win for one playoff spot. So yeah, it's going to be tight. So you need to make the most of it. You need to be ruthless. You need to be making smart waiver decisions. You need to make the waiver decisions that provide the value for your team, not overall value. That is always super important. So I'm blabbling, blabbling, blabbling. You know the word. I'm going on too much. Warning. Let's get it on, Gilly. (laughs) All right. First game we're looking at is the Raptors taking on the Detroit Pistons in Detroit. The Raptors are seven-point favorites in this one, we thought we'd get an idea of what the Raptors would look like fully healthy, and then Fred VanVleet was a late scratch due to personal problems, or per- personal problems, a personal issue. Um, he is questionable for this game, so hopefully we get Fred back, and then we get to see what happens. Who moves to the bench? Is it OG? Is it Gary Trent? Does it even matter for their minutes? OG played 32 in his first game back. Trent played 37 as a starter. Pirtle played 30 with foul trouble. Obviously, we're, you know, Precious and Boucher are dead. Like, there's no value in those guys on a fully healthy team. We need to watch that. The question's going to be, I think, in Detroit, is that I think RJ Hampton's going to be available. Is there any impact on Killian Hayes? And more importantly, Marvin Bagley might be back. So what is old mate Dwayne Casey going to do apart from drive us crazy? That, well, he probably does nothing apart from drive us crazy, but we need to watch all of that. So on the Raptors side, I do want to watch Ananobi. I want to watch Trent. I want to watch Pirtle. Is Pirtle a 31-minute player or a 35-minute player? It's a big difference. He's clearly must roster. We know that, but this is legitimately a top 30 sort of a guy. If he plays those big minutes. And how does it all you know, push through? Are they just going to run six guys 35 minutes and then Boucher and Achua pick up the scraps? That's possible. That's what Nick Nurse likes to do. So that is really key here in terms of evaluating a lot of these Raptors guys as we move forward. On the Pistons, of course, we want to watch the passport legend, Jalen Duran. I don't know, maybe am I am I doing the thing that I accuse others of with copium, with Jalen Duran? So, oh, yeah, but he had three fouls in, the, in nine minutes. Oh, yeah, but he still had an ankle problem. And they're, they're really not going to prioritize Wiseman. I don't think I am because I think it's logical in terms of how the minutes distribution looked in that second half. But I don't know. I, I don't know. I am holding Duran again. If we get a game where there's no 
ankle problem, if there's no foul trouble, and he plays 24 minutes, then yeah, there's no point really in holding him. But I still think that my logic from last game holds in that if he didn't have those two fouls in 40 seconds midway through the second quarter, he would have played 28 minutes and Wiseman would have played 20. And that would be basically bang on what we thought. But we need to see it, don't we? We need to see it actually happen versus theoretically happen. And then what the hell they do with Marvin Bagley, I am shit scared. I don't know what's going to happen. Also, watch Killian Hayes, who's getting the 30 minutes. Now, will they limit Hayes so they can play Hampton? I guess anything's on the table with a clown organization, but we'll find out. I don't think Hampton's anywhere close to a 10 or 12 or 14 or 16 team league guy, but he might have some appeal at some point. They can easily cut Corey Joseph's 15 minutes out and give them to RJ, but I just don't think that he's good enough to warrant much attention or to take away from Ivy or Hayes in considerably large volume. The next game we take a look at is the Pacers and yours, mine, ours, Orlando Magic. Um, the Magic are two and a half point favorites here, and there's nobody on the injury report for either team, which is, as Sheev would say, a surprise to be sure, but a welcome one. So what are we watching for? We're going to watch uh, Humpty Dumpty himself, Benedict Matherin, because his numbers have been a bit all over the place. You know, that 13-minute game, a 23-minute game, 31-minute game. Last time against the Celtics, he was really strong, I thought. Put up some really big numbers in areas that wasn't scoring. I'm still not convinced that he's his top 130, 120, 110 guy in category leagues because of the lack of contribution in other categories all season. But maybe it comes on here. I'm also not 100% convinced in the minute stability because we're seeing him give Nwora, or him, Ricarlo, give Nwora minutes and Duarte minutes. And McConnell minutes and you know, a whole bunch of different guys getting playing time there. Nempard starting, although his minutes have dropped down. So let's see what Matherin does. Let's also see Neesmith, who's playing good minutes, but I am absolutely not convinced at all. Stream him in, no worries. But what are you going to get? Six points? 20 points on four shots? These are the ups and downs that he has. And picking when a good game comes is, is pretty tough to do. On the Magic... I do want to see Cole Anthony, who played only 18 minutes last game in his first game back, and he played 18 minutes the game prior to when he got hurt. Is this who he is? An 18-minute player who gets the fourth most minutes out of the guards behind Suggs, Harris, and Fultz. I tend to think yes, which makes him very hard to be a must-roster player, but he can still go off and have 16 points with five assists in 18 minutes. We've seen it before. So watching his role, how it impacts Harris, how it impacts Suggs, it doesn't impact Fultz really at all. But how it impacts those guys will be interesting. And then John Isaac, who they said was limited to 14 minutes and played 16 minutes and went crazy. And by crazy, I mean he had eight points in four minutes with two steals and a block and then he didn't do much for the rest of the game. What his minutes are is what I'm watching more closely than your big scoring outbursts or 60% shooting from three. Does the 16 minutes push to 19? Because that's encouraging. Or does it push back to 14? That's discouraging. That is what I want to watch versus, hey, he had a quick scoring outburst because we know that level of efficiency and usage isn't a real thing for him as his minutes push up. It's more about where they view his playing time. Um, today's episode is brought to you by Better Help. Life is hard for everyone. Like there's always something that's going to impact us and having the tools to be able to cope with that is really important to be able to have success. When you're at your best, you can do great things, but life gets to everyone, gets you bogged down and you can get overwhelmed with that very easily. So you want to be able to help those problems and get through it. That's why BetterHelp is there for you. Working with a therapist can help you get closer to the best version of you because when you feel empowered, you're more prepared to take on everything life throws at you. We all have things, work, stress, school, family, relationships, deaths, 
whatever it is, illness, all that stuff can get us down. And sometimes we just need the right tools to help us cope with these problems that are stopping us from achieving the best of ourselves. And BetterHelp can do that. If you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, it's flexible, it's affordable, and it's entirely online. All you do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. If it doesn't match, you've got to find a therapist who matches with you. If you don't match, get someone new. Simple as that. If you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com slash locked on today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash locked on. The next game is the Heat and the Hornets. Both of these teams are on a back-to-back. So they're both playing on Friday. So I'm not going to look at exactly what watching for. I don't expect Lowry to play, Yurtseven to play, Jovic to play. I don't expect that's Cody Martin. I don't expect Caleb Martin should play. I don't expect Cody Martin to play. Um, and I wonder if Kevin Love will play. He should play on Friday in his first game for his new team, but will he play on Saturday? That's what we need to pay attention to. There's a lot that can happen here, but we're going to get a very good indication of this stuff on Friday. Kelly Oubre's return, where he fits. Kevin Love's arrival, where he fits. Um, who gets impacted? Victor Oladipo returning. Is it Struess or Vincent that loses out more there? We're going to get a good idea of that stuff on Friday as well. But they back up again, play each other. Heat of five and a half point favorites in that one. The next game is the Pelicans and the Knicks. The Knicks are three-point favorites. They are coming off a back-to-back as well. They play Friday too. We know that the biggest bird himself, Zion Williamson, is out. I'm the biggest bird. I'm the biggest bird. Mitchell Robinson is, at the time of me recording this, questionable to play on Friday. I don't expect there'll be any back-to-back issues with a thumb problem. So if he plays Friday, he'll play Saturday. If he doesn't play Friday, I think he'll play Saturday anyway. So I think he's he's pretty likely to play on Saturday. The other one we need to watch is Dyson Daniels, who initially was probable for Thursday's game and then didn't play. So we're going to have him questionable for Saturday. I don't even know whether he's part of the rotation, to be honest, with um, Josh Richardson there. Where does he fit into the rotation? I like him. I'm just not sure where... If they're benching Trey Murphy, I'm not sure they're rushing Dyson Daniels back into the rotation. So I want to watch Josh Richardson. Because surprisingly, he started last game. I think it's a pretty foolish move to have started him over Trey Murphy. Um, I just It makes no sense to me to, to do that. But who am I? I'm not a coach. I'm not anybody. Let's see. Do they go back to that again? Does Josh Richardson starting mean 30 minutes? How long does this persist? Was this a matchup thing against Toronto? Does Richardson start and play 22 minutes and Murphy play 30 off the bench? That didn't happen last game. But I would, I was, and hey, looks like I could be wrong. I said, look, I don't see Richardson as a 12 10 league guy in New Orleans. How's he going to get 30 minutes a night? Not in my wildest dreams that I think, hey, this second year player you've got who's been awesome starting all season and looks like a really good player, that you're going to bench him two games in for a 30 year old veteran that you got basically as a salary done from the Spurs. I didn't think that was going to happen. I had no clue that that was going to happen. And I don't think that me predicting that would have been a smart move. But it happened. So I was wrong in saying that we dropped Josh Richardson, but I'm also saying if he's there, at him, and we'll see what happens. I still don't. I don't know that it sticks all season, but it's definitely a positive trend towards Josh. I wouldn't hold Trey Murphy. He was sort of hanging on anyway. And if he's going to play this role, then we can see later. Also, want to watch Herb Jones because I don't know what Herb. That's not true. Honestly, I don't know what Herb has done to deserve this level of um, uh, faith in his overall production. But I do know what he's done. He's an awesome defender. The problem is he's such a negative in every other area that it confuses me that he gets such leeway to play. Um, Herb is not a fantasy must-roster player. Absolutely not in points leagues. In category leagues, he's a steals guy. He's Matisse Thibel with a little bit better PR. Like he, he can score a little bit more than that, but he's not a great fantasy option. But he's good with steals and he can get some blocks. 
but let's see what his role is. I, I would give Trey Murphy more minutes than him. But, you know, as I said already, I'm not a coach. Nuggets and Grizzlies. The Grizzlies are one and a half point favorites here. Steve Adams will be out again with that knee issue. Um, Aaron Gordon with a rib problem. They said it's not a fracture, so he could be available, but he's dealing with a lot of pain. So yeah, we'll see on that one. They started Vlaco Chanchar in place of him, not Bruce Brown. Um, Zeke Nagy is questionable. Luke Kennard also missed last game with an illness. So we do want to watch the shark, Bruce Brown. I, I want to watch him from the waiver wire. Baby shark, because with Reggie Jackson there and the fact that, the fact that they started Chanchar over Brown means that I don't need him. What we saw with Brown was, hey, anyone goes out, Murray, Porter, Gordon, uh, Caldwell Pope, Brown will play 30 minutes. And then he'll play 25 and keep his, keep him afloat as a 12-10 league guy. But if they're playing Chanchar over him, if Reggie Jackson's in the mix there, there's no that upside requires two injuries or a lot to go wrong, I think, for Brown to get back into 12-10 value. So again, like I said at the start of the show, we're in fantasy playoffs mode. We're getting here. Like You've got to make brutal decisions. Maybe it happens. Maybe he becomes good in three weeks and two players are, oh, I don't know. I don't care though. I'm not going to hold him through that. Also, what is Contavious Caldwell Pope, who's playing unbelievably? He's dominating with um, shooting. He's like, I think, NBA's leader in three point percentage. He got tons of steals and blocks last game. He's been excellent. He's on a real hot streak. Let's see what he does here. For the Grizzlies, I, I don't know. I don't know what to make of the center position. Last game, they started Brandon Clark against Joel Embiid. He lasted like eight minutes and then got three fouls and then played 15 for the game. And Xavier T. Ullman, the cashman, cashman, the cashier, played 32 minutes. So you would think that if they're going to go with Tillman and run with him against Embiid, they'll do the same against Jokic. But Tillman might start and get three fouls in five minutes against Jokic. I don't know what to do. I think what you do is you just ignore it in general. You can stream them in, you can try it, but man, predicting what they do when the logic of, hey, big center against big center, strong center against strong center, they go against it and they reverse course mid-game half the time, but not every time, makes it impossible to predict. So we'll see what happens with Tillman, but I don't care that much. I also want to watch Ja Morant because his shooting last game was horrible. There's also that clip that you've seen, if you've seen from old mate Keith Parrish, friend of the show. You go watch his um, Fast Break Breakfast if you haven't seen. This is a clip of Ja Morant at the end of the Sixers game. Just have the ball and stand still and not get engaged with like 40 seconds left. Just not moving, not doing anything. Just completely like, if I don't have the ball, I don't care about any of you assholes. Um, how dare you not give me the ball? That's, that was the vibe it gave. He literally stood still while the Grizzlies got shot, miss, offensive rebound, miss, offensive rebound, shot, miss again. And he didn't do anything. It was very discouraging. Is there disconnect on this team? I've got no idea. But it didn't look good. So I want to see what the hell is going on here. Because the Grizzlies, you know, surprisingly, maybe not surprisingly, they're not playing that well. And that is important. Let's look at the next game. It is the Celtics and the Sixers. The Celtics are one-point favorites. The only person at the moment who is out is the undertaker, Dwayne Dedman. He's uh, dealing with a hip issue. Not that that matters too much. On the Boston side, I want to see what is happening with a healthy team again. Rob Williams did start, but played 23 minutes. Williams' numbers are all down this season. His block rate is down. He doesn't look the same guy. It's always a risky proposition to take an injured player. If you took Jaron Jackson, congratulations. It worked out amazingly for you this time. If you took Rob Williams in a draft early, well, you're getting cooked, aren't you? Not that his per-game numbers are bad. They're not. Like, he's still, like, what is he, top 80 still on a per-game basis? It's just that he's turning more into a specialist sort of player who gets you some rebounds with some field goal percentage and some okay blocks. Not the guy that... On, someone told me they would rather have Robert Williams and Luka Doncic on an, in our Category League team last season, which again is just a complete misrepresentation of what rankings mean. 
He's not that guy. And I think that outsized people's expectations for Rob of what he was able to do. Is he ever going to play those 33 minutes again? I don't think that's going to happen. But he was also playing 30 minutes before the break. So will they go back to him at those minutes? Is he going to stay in this low range? I honestly don't know what to make of it. And I also want to watch the big fella, Maximum Derek White. Maximum Derek. Because he played 25 minutes. Brogdon closed over him and he was on the bench. If he gets anything less than 25 minutes, he is not a 12-team league player. An injury makes him a 12-team league guy. But like I said, you could say, well, yeah, in three weeks, Jalen might get hurt or Smart will be out or Horford will rest games. So it's smart to have Derek White on your team. But if you're in the playoffs, you can't deal with that. You can't deal with the risk of him playing 20 minutes a night three times during the week. So we're not quite there yet, but we're really close to it. And then for the Sixers, D'Anthony Melton played 13 minutes last game. He did have five fouls, but I can't trust him. In a points league, no way. You should have dropped him weeks ago. He's not a points league player. In a category league, it's debatable, but he's falling more into the Herb Jones with some assists category. And if the minutes are fluctuating like they are, and you need to make a move, and what's the golden rule? If he's your worst player, get rid of him. If yeah, Let's rephrase it. That's a, that's a blanket rule, and I don't want you to take me literally there. If he is your worst player, if De'Anthony Melton is your worst player, then his spot becomes streamable. You don't just drop him for no reason. And like dropping him to play somebody else on Saturday probably doesn't make sense because you're not getting a net gain of games played. So if you do have him, you probably can hold now for Saturday. But if he is your worst player and he continues to play like this, then his position becomes the streamable spot on your team. And honestly, when you get to fantasy playoffs, if he's in your worst two players, he probably that spot becomes streamable as well. Let's see if he changes my mind. I also want to watch Jalen McDaniels, not necessarily for Jalen McDaniels, but to see if he has an impact on Tucker, if he has an impact on Harris, if he has an impact on Melton. He's not a 12-team or 14 or probably a 16-team league guy. But if he's a 16-minute player versus a 23-minute player, that has impacts on a lot of other guys. So I do want to pay attention somewhat to that. Today's episode is also brought to you by, I'll say it in both languages, English and English, Nissan or Nissan. Nissan's most, I can't do Nissan. It sounds, I sound like I'm taking the piss. Nissan's most electric player of the week is brought to you by the all new, all electric 2023 Nissan Aria. Who is my player of the week for this week? Let's just go with the simple one. It's Nikola Jokic. He's the player of the week. He's the player of the month. He's the player of the year. He's the player of the last three years. Three consecutive MVPs coming up. I don't know, but he is dynamic. He is brilliant. We see it. These passes and this sort of play from a center. I don't think we've ever seen it before. Brilliantly fierce, exactly like the Nissan Aria. Delivers on duality, exactly like Jokic. Combination of fierceness and elegance, beautiful but strong. It's the perfect crossover. Like, does he have a perfect crossover? No. But is the Nissan Aria a perfect SUV crossover? Yes, it is. The 2023 Nissan Aria packs pin-to-your-seat power and premium intelligence all-in-one EV. The all-new, all-electric 2023 Nissan Aria. The EV for people who love to drive. Shop now at NissanUSA.com. Com. Last game, Spurs Jazz. The Jazz are 10 and a half point favorites. That is a big margin, but the Spurs are dreadful. So we know that Colin Sexton, the Padawan, is going to be out. Devin Vassell is going to be out. Rudy Gay has a nose fracture. He will see whether he plays or not. But the Spurs are just a giant question mark. Will Jeremy Sohan play? Will Romeo Langford play? Will Trey Jones play? Will Isaiah Roby play? I don't know, and I don't deign to even understand what they're doing. They're shit anyway. Um, are they trying to be more shit? Like having a bad point differential doesn't give you more lottery odds. 
So I don't know what to make of him. But I do want to watch Goldfinger, Charlie Bassey, because he thrived in garbage time last game. He had played 19 minutes. He's a 14-team league guy who could sniff 12s. And I know that that is a bad phrase to take out of context. Let's say that he gets close to 12-team league value rather than sniffs 12s. He is not Carl Malone. Charles Bassey is a guy who can put up big numbers, but I wouldn't rush to add him, but he can be streamed. Definitely a 14-team league guy. And I want to watch Malachi Branham, who, with Sohan, with Jones, with Langford all out, and Vassell, he's taking full advantage. Now, I still fail to see him in a 30-minute number one option through your fantasy playoffs because one of those guys comes back, two of them come back, but what if three of those guys come back? Sohan, Jones, and Vassell. Where does Branham fit there? No in your 12-team roster. Like, you have him now. You roster him now. We love what's happening. He's producing good numbers, but there's just... Too many things in the way for him maintaining that, I think. For the Jazz, Taylor Horton Tucker stunk with his shooting last game, but he produced everything else. He is a 12-team league guy while Sexton is out at least, maybe even longer. Watch Chris Dunn in deeper leagues because he put up some good scoring in limited minutes, but that's it, just limited minutes. I also want to watch the big fella, Walker Kessler. Now, he was a guy that when we did Dynasty Rankings, and I, for some reason, I vaguely, not vaguely, vividly remember having this discussion with Matt Lawson when we did talk about Dynasty Rankings, and I was looking at it, or Dynasty Rookie Rankings, maybe even before the draft. And I said, hey, what do you do with Walker Kessler? Because his projections come out as like the best player in this class for fantasy or a very close second behind Chet. The numbers look insane. They come out unbelievable. But can he actually get a role? Can he actually survive for 23, 24 minutes on an NBA court? And we're like, "Ah, I don't know. But like, it's a tough one because their projections would say you take him at pick six or pick five in a dynasty rookie draft. Like you take him because that upside is gigantic. And if those stats translate, it's great. But like, can he actually play? Is he more than the backup? Well, we should have just stuck with the statistical projections because he's unbelievable. Like he has got a real chance to be a top 30 player next season, if not higher. And we saw it like, and I've said this, I don't know what show it was on. It was one show that I did at some point. I've done a lot of shows. And we talked about Walker Kessler. I said, hey, just wait. He shot threes at Auburn. Like, if he starts shooting threes, watch out. And then first play of last game, set play, Walker Kessler, corner three, bang. I'm not saying he's going to become Marcus Gasol or Brooke Lopez or one of those three-point shooting big men, Joel Embiid. But he's got it. There's something there. He is amazing. And I'm really, really excited to see where it goes with him. Back-to-backs. The Nuggets and the Raptors have the Saturday, um, Saturday, Sunday back-to-back, so we can stream some of those guys. Really interesting with Vako Chanchar if Gordon is out, Reggie Jackson if Jamal Murray has to sit one of those games, and Bruce Brown could have some value there on that back-to-back, depending on how many guys end up being out. On category leagues, just for Saturday, um, I really like the stream of Taylor Horton, Tucker, Josh Richardson. These guys are all available in 50% plus of leagues. Joshy Richardson, Killian Hayes, Aaron Neesmith, and getting a little bit desperate there. Isaiah Hartenstein, even though Robinson's back, I think Hartenstein can still get 20 minutes. He's at least worth considering. Uh, Gabe Vincent, I think's worth a go. Malachi Branham and Xavier T. Ullman, if you think they start him over Clark to get the matchup against Jokic, but that is fraught with a ton of danger. In deeper leagues, these guys all available in 90% plus. It is Goldfinger himself, Charlie Bassey, Gaz Harris, Big Dick Nick Richards, MC Hamadou Diallo, Andrew Nembhard, Dennis Smith Jr., especially as I think Cody Martin is going to be out, Timothy John McConnell, and Paul Reed. For points leagues, we've got Taylor Horton Tucker, we've got Zach Collins, Killian Hayes, Brandon Clark, Josh Richardson, Isaiah Stewart, Aaron Neesmith, and Dylan Brooks. And then we get to low-volume games because we've got Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Three of those days are low-volume days. That is Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Tuesday next week has 10 games on, so you're not really going to be able to stream. 
So who can we look at to get some low volume value in over the next few days? Well, all of these guys have two low volumes in the next three nights. So they are have they do have some value for you in that regard. Joshy Richardson, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, the weekend back-to-back, Killian Hayes, Isaiah Stewart, Gabe Vincent, Cole Anthony, Larry Nance, and Bruce Brown. All got two games in the next three nights on streamable days. If we look at just the next four days in totality, including that 10-game Tuesday, I've got eight names here who probably should be on 12-team rosters. Kyle Anderson, Matisse Thibel, Daniel Gafford, Brandon Clark, maybe, Zach Collins, Josh Richardson, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, and Taylor Horton Tucker. All of those guys play two games over the next four nights. Caldwell Pope plays three. The Raptors guys also play three games over the next four nights. So value, but the, but the Raptors, you know, that's your Precious Achua or your Chris Boucher. I'm not sure they're going to do enough in those three games. But the Nuggets guys, your KCPs and Chancha, perhaps, maybe Reggie Jackson, there could be some interesting three-gaming, four-night stream options there for those players. And guys, That'll do it for me today. Follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. And if you're on YouTube, you know what to do. You thumb it up, you leave your comments down below, and you subscribe. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.